0: It's fun, it's wild, it's Dad's Gone Crypto! Hey everybody, welcome to Dad's Gone Crypto, or today, maybe I should say Dad Gone Crypto because uh, my friends Sean and Mike are both out this week doing some in real life Dad stuff, Uh, so I am here on my own today. So, since I'm here on my own, why don't we just uh, get right into it? And by into it, I mean the fact that Bitcoin is flying high this week and trading over $30,000 for the first time this year. So, uh, what the heck happened? I mean, you know, just last week, all the Debbie Downers out there seemed to be thinking that it was game over for crypto when the SEC sued Binance and Coinbase within a few days of each other. Everybody was out there saying, oh, this is it. It's over, doomsday, crypto's dead, and you know, Bitcoin was dropping and it was the end of the world. And then, poof, this week we get news that BlackRock filed for a Bitcoin spot ETF and bang, Bitcoin makes this huge jump. Just absolutely crazy, but uh, that's crypto. <laughs> so, uh, so the news of BlackRock, uh, of a BlackRock spot ETF pumps the market. But I know some people out there are saying, well, what in the hell is an ETF and why does it matter? <laughs> so I figured um, you know, maybe we'd break a little bit of that down today, talk about uh, what an ETF is, and uh, just you know what's really going on with this. So so for, the, for those of you not really familiar with the term, an ETF is a exchange traded fund, um, which is basically an investment fund that's designed to track the performance of particular assets. Um, ETFs are traded on traditional stock exchanges, which makes them accessible to you know pretty much everyone. Uh, so a Bitcoin ETF functions basically the same as a traditional ETF by pooling investors' uh, money together and using it to purchase Bitcoin uh, in this case. Um, so investing in a Bitcoin ETF provides investors with exposure to the crypto market without the need to directly own and manage Bitcoin in your own wallet. Now, if you ask me, it's not really the way to go about it right i mean the whole idea of bitcoin you know not your keys not your crypto <laughs> so you know in, in my opinion um you know i i think you should own bitcoin in your own personal wallet but that's neither here nor there because basically what an etf what a spot etf could do is it, it it just offers convenience of buying and selling shares on the stock exchange which basically allows you know Easy transactions, plenty of liquidity, um, basically what, you know, general public is looking for. So basically a spot Bitcoin ETF would open up Bitcoin to a whole lot of investors that otherwise probably would not, you know, be open to buying Bitcoin. So it should have a positive effect on the price of Bitcoin because, you know, BlackRock would have to go out and purchase a whole great deal of Bitcoin in order uh, to back that ETF. So, um... You know, I mean, I personally, you know, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, like I said, Bitcoin's flying off the news. So, hey, <laughs> that's great. Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, the spot ETF filing, it's, it's nothing new to crypto at all. In fact, there's been uh, 30 other attempts at least um, by funds over the years to secure a spot Bitcoin ETF. And every single one of those was either rejected or withdrawn or there's some that are still out, you know, out in limbo. Um, so I mean, basically, you know, what makes this any different? Um, and really, I think the the real differentiator here is that it's because it's, it's BlackRock. I mean, BlackRock BlackRock's they in, in BlackRock is incredibly powerful. Um, I mean, they're the world's largest asset manager, and they control over ten trillion dollars of assets. So, um, I mean, you know, if, if any company out there really makes policy, I'd say it's probably BlackRock. <laughs> um, Basically, the you know the 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 SEC's main reason behind reject the rejection of Bitcoin ETFs has been you know their discomfort with the unregulated nature of the cryptocurrency market. Um, they've always cited concerns about potential fraud, uh, you know, hacking and all that kind of thing. And and sure, you know, there's been those kind of issues, but um, I mean, Bitcoin in general is a is a very secure um, asset class. So, you know, whether those are, you know, whether those concerns have merit or not is, you know, something to be considered. I, I don't believe they are, but <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion. I mean, but, you know, in terms of structure, um, all the existing Bitcoin exchange traded funds uh, products, um, they've, they've really not encountered any significant issues in that way at all. So um, I don't really know if that's really a valid concern or not. Um, It's also important to note that a spot, you know, spot Bitcoin ETFs already exist. Um, They just don't exist in the United States. Canada, you know, currently has several Bitcoin ETFs in operation, um, including the largest ones called the Purpose Bitcoin ETF. Um, And it's, I mean, it's huge. So, um, and it's been, it's been running very well. There hasn't, uh, you know, it hasn't had any problems. It's performed really well. Um, I mean, basically Canadian regulators, you know, they're generally more lenient than uh, the U.S., their U.S. counterparts. Um, So I assume that's why, you know, Canada's done it before the U.S. Um, But again, they've they've performed well in Canada, so there's no reason to believe that the U.S. ones wouldn't perform well here as well. So um, on the other hand, though, uh, the SEC has approved Bitcoin futures ETFs. And I think that's because you know, future contracts are already have already received regulatory approval. And um, you know, so numerous futures-based ETFs are already available on the open market. Um, now the difference there is that spot ETFs require them to be backed by actual Bitcoin. So if you have a spot ETF, you're actually going out and purchasing the Bitcoin uh, that that backs the fund. Um, the, the difference there is that futures based ones, uh, don't directly invest in Bitcoin. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're investing in futures contracts. Um, and they've, they have plenty of those have received the green light from the sec. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, at the end of the day, it probably comes down just to the fact that, um, you know, spot Bitcoin isn't regulated yet, uh, and futures contracts are. So most likely that's, that's the issue there. Um, one of the largest uh, futures um, ETFs is, uh, in fact, it probably is the largest. It's the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF, uh, BITO, uh, and it's, it's managing over a billion dollars in assets, so it's it's pretty large. Um, um, so beyond beyond the ETFs, uh, there's another investment vehicle uh, out there that has tried to bring the general public in, and uh, that would be the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, uh, GBTC. Uh, that's existed for almost a decade now, and it's, it's huge. It's accumulated over $16 billion worth of Bitcoin. Um, before the introduction of Bitcoin futures ETF in uh, 2021, GBTC was basically the primary means for investors to add Bitcoin to their portfolios without actually owning it directly. Uh, you know, in their crypto wallet. Um however, GBTC's structure as a trust rather than an ETF has resulted in it trading like a closed end fund. Um, so its prices have often deviated significantly from the actual value of the Bitcoin holdings. GBTC has traded anywhere from a 50% premium to a 50% discount um, to the value of Bitcoin. So it really makes it a very imperfect representation of Bitcoin's value, uh, which makes it very different from an an ETF. Um, So basically, we talked about the fact that a bunch of large well-known funds have already tried and failed to secure a Bitcoin spot ETF in the United States. However, the situation seems to have taken a significant turn now that BlackRock filed for its own Bitcoin ETF. The development basically raises two questions. Does BlackRock know something that the rest of us don't? And the answer to that is probably. <laughs> and, and could BlackRock receive preferential treatment in terms of being approved ahead of the others? And again, I'm going to say, yeah, probably. Um, like said, they're huge and they control well, assets than uh, plenty of countries out there in the world. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean... It, it, it really, it seems like an odd time for um, BlackRock to file for a Bitcoin ETF. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about it, there's been over 30 spot Bitcoin ETF filings. Some are still active. Most have been outright rejected by the SEC and some have been withdrawn. And the SEC hasn't shown any signs of changing its stance or its thinking. So why would BlackRock willingly join this list of rejections unless, you know, they do something <laughs> that we don't? Um, there's another interesting twist to this whole situation, and that is that Coinbase, as BlackRock's proposed custodian <laughs> for its Bitcoin product, is currently being sued by the SEC. Uh, they're accused of, for operating um, an unregulated exchange. So... This adds a whole nother layer of complexity. I mean, you're not only have all these other ones been rejected, but the company that you're partnering with <laughs> to, to work with you on this uh, on this Bitcoin ETF is currently being sued by the <laughs> SEC. So <laughs> um I don't know, it's a little bit strange. I mean, one thing, you know, BlackRock and Coinbase have worked together. Uh, their partnership's definitely not new. They they previously collaborated um, to provide cryptocurrency access to BlackRock's institutional clients. Um, so it's understandable that BlackRock, um, you know, would work with Coinbase again, but it's just, it's just weird in the timing. Coinbase gets sued and now, um, you know, now BlackRock is going to use them uh, <laughs> to, to custody their, um, you know, their Bitcoin holdings uh, in their ETF. I, I, strange. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it is really weird. So if every spot Bitcoin ETF has struggled to gain approval and the SEC is taking legal action against the custodian of BlackRock's proposed product, why would BlackRock choose this moment to file? Again, I think maybe they know something that we don't. Uh, I mean, there's a popular theory circulating that, um, you know, BlackRock has a lot of insider information and that is suggesting a change in the situation. Um, And that could definitely explain their decision to move forward. So what sets BlackRock's filing apart from others? And In technical terms, really not much. Um, The BlackRock product... Uh, It's currently named the iShares Bitcoin Trust Um, in the SEC filing documents. uh, It proposes holding physical Bitcoin, uh, which is basically like most of the other filings, if not all of them. Um, Now, there's one somewhat significant difference there, and that it appears that BlackRock included enhanced cryptocurrency oversight in the proposal, um, which might be one of the things the SEC was looking for. Uh, you know, the SEC has long expressed discomfort with the unregulated nature of the crypto markets. And in previous ETF rejections, it related to Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, it expressed concerns about retail investors risking their money in assets that they don't fully understand. And that's basically why uh, a lot of the initial um, blockchain ETFs, uh, as the, the futures ETFs that were approved, They avoided using the word blockchain or Bitcoin in their names um, basically because the SEC feared investors would blindly invest in anything associated with the the hot trend of the cryptocurrency. So, again, you know, what's different here? Well, maybe there is something to the timing. Um, And, you know, basically with the SEC suing Coinbase, if they successfully gain regulatory oversight of crypto exchanges through that lawsuit, it would basically remove a major obstacle to approving a Bitcoin ETF. Um, you know, while any determination of the SEC's regulatory authority would likely involve a lengthy le- legal battle, um, you know, it suggests that the SEC may be closer to finding a level of comfort than they were before, and that, that might have something to do with the fact that you know, why BlackRock be, you know enhanced <laughs> over, uh, regulatory oversight into their, um, into their filing Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that most likely is one of the things that they know that we don't. (laughs) So now one thing to consider, there's plenty of Bitcoin max maximalists out there who would strongly oppose if, uh, you know, BlackRock were to jump to the front of the line and secure the first Bitcoin ETF, um, after being the 31st or 32nd, you know, one to file, Um, You know, many people out there already believe that BlackRock exerts significant influence and they have nothing nice to say about the company. Um, So I I can't even imagine the outcry if, uh, you know, if there's a perception of corporate favoritism here in this case, um, you know, it'll be absolutely huge. Uh, But with all that said, it wasn't only the BlackRock filing that helped push Bitcoin up this week. Uh, Another huge player out there, Fidelity. Announced that they um, were also preparing their own Bitcoin ETF, following, uh, which is really noteworthy. However, what really catches my attention is the fact that Fidelity has shown interest in purchasing Grayscale. And you know, we just talked about Grayscale and the fact that they control you know a, a huge trust with 16 billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. In. So uh, you know, another point: Fidelity already has its own digital assets division uh, and a Bitcoin ETF in Canada. So they're already heavily involved in the crypto space, um, but it, it it seems unlikely that Fidelity would secure approval for the first spot Bitcoin ETF, considering the theories involving BlackRock, Coinbase, the SEC that we you know that we've already discussed, and as well as the timing of Fidelity's filing that basically following BlackRock's. So, if if somebody's getting approved first, you know, ahead of all the other guys, it's most likely going to be BlackRock and not Fidelity, but. Um, know that implies that fidelity would probably need to explore alternative avenues if it wants to position itself as a major player in the field and acquiring grayscale would be an ideal strategy to achieve that goal um grayscale has expressed its intention to convert gbtc into an etf as soon as it possibly can and while the sec has rejected the conversion thus far Grayscale has taken legal action against the SEC, and there's a genuine possibility that they could succeed in court. So if Fidelity were to acquire Grayscale, it could emerge as the ultimate winner in the Bitcoin ETF race. Um, Basically, um, I mean, let's consider a scenario in which BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF is approved, which opens the door for other Bitcoin ETFs to follow suit. In that case, GBTC would likely be able to go ahead and convert from a trust to the ETF shortly after the launch of the BlackRock product. Um, So BlackRock might end up with the first spot Bitcoin ETF, but Fidelity would follow up with its converted GBTC ETF, which already has an asset base of over $16 billion. So that would be a huge victory for Fidelity um, and really make it a major player in, uh, in crypto ETFs in the United States. So with all this said, will the SEC finally give approval to a Bitcoin spot ETF? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I assume BlackRock, you know, wouldn't have filed unless they had a pretty good idea that they'd be approved. Um, will it happen anytime soon? I mean, who knows? But at least Bitcoin is on the move again, which is fun for all the bulls in the crypto sphere. <laughs> so, so, you know, whether it happens or not. Keep going, Bitcoin. We're having a good time. (laughs) So all that said, normally this would be the time in the show where we do Dad's Got Jokes. But since there's no one here to laugh at my incredibly awesome jokes today, (laughs) I thought I might do something a little different and uh, teach some of you dads out there a very important skill, and that is how to kick back and relax with a nice sip or two of smoked whiskey. So um, kick back. Watch uh, and learn how to smoke some whiskey if you don't already know, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. So today, since I'm all alone here, I'm probably not going to sit around and tell jokes to myself. So I decided I'd do something a little different and uh, gonna show you how to do one of my favorite dad things, and that is uh, relaxing with a glass of smoked whiskey. So we're going to smoke some whiskey. I'm going to take a rocks glass here. And instead of putting it fully on the rocks, which could water down your whiskey, we don't want to risk that, we're going to use one giant ice cube here in the glass. And that way, when we pour the whiskey in and smoke it, we don't melt that uh, ice all into the whiskey. And we're going to take a really good whiskey. (laughs) This one happens to be Angel's Envy. It's one of my favorites. It's a uh, really smooth Kentucky bourbon. Pour a little bit of that into the glass there over the ice. And then we're going to take our smoking kit. Basically, you can get these just about anywhere. A friend of mine got this for me. Uh, pretty sure he said he got it on Amazon. But anyway, this is, uh, this is basically the screen and the cap. So you're going to put this screen over the top of the glass. And then you're going to choose some wood got all different flavors there. We've got apple, oak, cherry, pecan. I'm gonna, for this one, I'm gonna use some cherry wood chips. Put those in there and then we're gonna take the torch, put a little fire on those wood chips. We'll let that smoke get down into the glass there and see it happen. we're going to cap it, let that smoke infuse into the whiskey there, and uh, bring those nice smoky cherry flavors into the whiskey. Now it's going to take it a minute or two, so uh, we'll cut here and uh, we'll come back when it's ready to drink. Okay, so it's been sitting on the smoke for a couple minutes now, so we're going to go ahead and pull the lid off here, and oh yeah, look at all that smoke coming out of the glass. Now. We enjoy some really good whiskey. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Thanks, guys. The material and information presented in this recording are for entertainment purposes only. Do not misconstrue what you hear as investment or trading advice always do your own research. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the guests on this recording are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Dad's Gone Crypto or its hosts.